Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Cosmos, Cosmos Space-Time Odyssey, and Cosmos Possible Worlds. Cosmos Possible Worlds Episode 2, titled The Fleeting Grace of the Habitable Zone. I I definitely got that title right the first time. That was definitely my first try. Uh, I definitely didn't start the podcast, flub that title, and then immediately have to scrub that recording and restart again. That didn't happen. That That's not a thing that occurred. Well, what are you talking about? You can't prove anything. Uh, <laughs> uh, yet another fantastic fantastic episode that beautifully, beautifully takes all the information we've learned over Carl Sagan's series and Space Time Odyssey and all that, and just uses it as a base for wondrous speculation. Like, just using it to tell a possible future of where humanity could go, what humanity could do uh, in the next centuries and millennia and eons uh, beyond now. Like, and it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. By the way, worth noting, and I love how Neil deGrasse Tyson does this, like, he takes the most optimistic, hopeful route possible. Like, he starts off the episode by just like, I mean, yeah, we're still dealing with climate change. Climate change is still a thing. None of this is possible if we don't stop climate change. But, let's just assume everything's all good with climate change. And just talk about the good futures, where humanity doesn't wipe itself out. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Like, We need more of that optimism. We need more of that optimism in the world. I love it. Like, no more pessimism, cynicism, whateverism. Just, like, be hopeful. Be hopeful. Uh, So we start by talking about how the sun will change over time. uh, How it'll age and how it'll grow and grow and grow into a red giant. And as a result of that, uh, we have this area called the Habitable Zone. 
It used to be around Venus. Now it's around Earth. And it's being pushed uh, further and further outward as the sun ages more and more and more. And we start to talk about how in the uh, millions of years between now and then where we could end up and the plans we could the plans we could figure out as to where to find new places to live uh so we start looking at possible set- settlements in the solar system as the solar system changes like as the sun pushes further out uh it envelops mercury and venus and probably the earth uh it changes jupiter it changes jupiter's moons Saturn, Saturn's moons, and we look at all of them, we look at all the radical changes that maybe uh, make it more livable, and then we find kind of like a perfect little home on Triton, uh, Neptune's moon, that will be fairly habitable, will have an atmosphere similar enough to Earth's that we can live in. Uh, The days will be uh, 144 hours long, the winters will be 50 years long, so it's gonna be freaking cold, but... And I love how Neil deGrasse Tyson... (laughs) I love how Neil deGrasse Tyson puts it. It'll be, and I quote, no worse than upstate New York in January. Okay, look. Buddy. I live... I live in upstate New York. I live in northern New York. I'm like so north in New York. I'm so upstate. I'm almost in Canada. I can tell you from experience. Boy, would I like the option to not be here in January. Boy, would I love that. Boy, would I love that on the table. Just saying. (laughs) It's not the favorable comparison you think it is. Uh, Upstate New York in January is hell. Uh, but whatever, that, that's fine. But we could have that. But eventually, our sun will die. This is a short-term solution, and we can't really trust Triton to be a permanent home for humanity. For more than a couple uh, thousand or million years. And so, we then have to grapple with the fact that we now have to go out of our solar system, into interstellar space, out into the unknown. But this doesn't phase Tyson, because as he says, humanity has gone out into the unknown risking everything before. Uh, and he tells us the story of the Polynesians, who would go out onto the ocean, And find all these islands and settle all these islands. Spread out like across the ocean. The brave explorers of humanity's past. By the way, I really, really love that this segment exists in an episode that can be found on Disney Plus. Where you can also stream Moana. (laughs) Like I was, I was watching this segment and I was just like. This is the plot of Moana. (laughs) I'm watching a documentary version of Moana right now. That's what's happening. (laughs) 
Neil deGrasse Tyson, Disney princess. <laughs> Technically true. Technically true. Nat Geo uh, originally aired this, and Nat Geo is owned by Disney now. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> okay, so... Tell the story of the Polynesians. I also love, by the way, that Neil deGrasse Tyson, he says his little blurbs. But then there are large portions of this animated segment where he just shuts the hell up and lets the visual storytelling do the work for him. Those moments are spectacular. Like, it's just all visual storytelling, seeing how the Polynesians just sort of... Uh, toiled away on these ships, struggled on these ships, on the oceans, uh, endured all these hardships, uh, storms, lack of resources, uh, heat from the sun, all of that. It's brilliant. It's breathtaking. It's really, really well handled. Uh, but Neil deGrasse Tyson tells the story of the Polynesians, and then we go back into space with the knowledge that we can, and in fact, it's in our very nature to explore the unknown. And we talk about how we could scout out possible worlds. And we do so with a cosmic telescope. I love the cosmic telescope so much. I love it with every fiber of my being. So, basically what the cosmic telescope is, we have this giant detector array that we can put out in space at a certain distance away from the sun. And it uses the sun as a lens, basically for a 50 billion mile long telescope. That we can point at almost anything in the cosmos. And get a hundred billion times detail. So we can see, like, the geography of other worlds. We can closely examine other worlds uh, by getting the light from this cosmic telescope. Uh, basically, light from other stars and other worlds uh, comes to the sun at that angle. Uh, lights, rays are uh, sort of bent a bit by the sun. Hits the detector away. Uh, takes those images, sends them back to Earth, and we can examine them. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, but it's so freaking cool. We can see... Like, so much of the universe, uh, we can see into the past, essentially. Because looking out into space is essentially looking back into time, because speed of light and all that. And what's so frustrating is that Neil deGrasse Tyson ends this segment by saying, I mean, we know how to build one. We have the technology. We can just make it. We can just make this and put it in space. And yet we haven't for some reason. Oh well. Just like, ah, uh, no. Okay. Who do I gotta bribe? <laughs> what government official do I have to bribe to get this cosmic telescope made? I will give them all of my money. I will give them all of my money. I will give them all the money as a bribe. 
if they can get this cosmic telescope made. I need it in space. I need it in the sky. I need it going. It can go 360 degrees. Like, it can aim at any point around the sun. We just have to point it somewhere and let the light come. It's just like, ugh. Need this. Need this. Need this. Need. There's no reason not to have this. There's no reason not to have this. Give us our cosmic telescope, damn it. Give it to us. Give it to us. Uh, And then we talk about (laughs) how we could travel the stars in uh, light sails. Uh, These little crafts that'll just run off of sunlight. And when there's no sunlight, just use freaking lasers to push them forward. Uh, And we can go to the nearest star system in 20 years, which is four light years away. We can get there in relatively short time. Uh, And we can settle Proxima B, which uh, is quite possibly uh, a safe space to harbor life, maybe. Uh, Assuming no other piece of information comes up from it. Uh, It is tidal locked, so it doesn't actually rotate. It just revolves. So there's one... There's one side that constantly is facing the sun. Always. And uh, one side that's an eternal night. Uh, There's a little strip of land, a twilight zone, where where life could theoretically flourish, that we could have a campsite. Uh, The gravity is only like 10% higher, which isn't that big a deal. It's just like exercising with weights on. Like, so we could you we could sail on these light ships to Proxima B. Or we could go further and farther. But for that, we need something faster than light sails. We would need a ship that could travel faster than the speed of light. But wait, how is that possible? Thou shalt not uh, exceed the cosmic speed limit. Thou shalt not travel faster than the speed of light. Except uh, some scientist in, I think it was Mexico, who was inspired by Star Trek, decided to just sketch up plans for something that could go faster. And it actually doesn't move. Space moves around it. It's basically like a big ship beyond us for now, but we could theoretically make it at some point. That would essentially be a gravity wave generating machine. And it would basically pull space into itself, uh, compress it at the front, and expand it at the back. So we'd essentially be like going on jet skis throughout the cosmos. Is the the comparison that Tyson makes. And we could essentially just pull space around us, manipulate space around us. All while safely in this little time bubble. This little space-time bubble. So we don't violate the laws of physics. And we can travel light years in an instant. Like, just... mm. Oh, the future's cool. I'm born in the wrong time. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I love this. So, this is theoretically a thing that can happen. 
And then Tyson speculates on a theoretical star system that we might reach with worlds in a habitable zone of a relatively small star uh, that we could settle and could make our homes on. And then maybe we could, like the Polynesians, spread out to other worlds and other worlds beyond that and other worlds beyond that and other worlds beyond that. Scatter ourselves throughout the cosmos. And it's so cool. It's so freaking cool. Like, I just love, this is the type of speculation I love. Like, just base it in scientific fact. There's no point where Tyson's just like, what if we did? It's like, no, this is the thing we theoretically could do given time. Based on that, where could we realistically be? Uh, There's no, like, wishful thinking here. It's just like, yeah, this is a genuine possibility. This is a non-zero chance. And just using that, we speculate wildly. And it's just like, Oh, it's beautiful. It's so, so beautiful. Uh, And then we get that final... Oh, by the way, we could also theoretically, at a certain point, like, get far enough away from our solar system and uh, to, on our new world, build a cosmic telescope and use that... To see into Earth's past. Uh, to see like thousands or millions or billions or however many light years we are away of years into the past. Which is a freaking insane concept to me and I love that. Uh, and then we get this beautiful final sequence where uh, we play the words of Carl Sagan on... Whether we could settle the stars, whether we could go out into the cosmos, if only we change our ways, blah, blah, blah. It's an inspiring monologue. It's a really incredible monologue. It's a beautiful, beautiful place to end it. And then that's it. God, I love this. God, I love everything this episode is. I adore this so much. Everything here is so cool. I love it. 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 And honestly, I think this is as far as I got. Into Possible Worlds on my first attempt at viewing uh, before I fell behind and then Nat Geo scrubbed it from the internet. Uh, So, (laughs) Uh, yeah. We will uh, now be going into uncharted territory for me. I don't think I've seen any of Possible Worlds beyond this. So, hopefully this keeps up. Hopefully it keeps up because this is great so far and I absolutely love it. Uh, If you like this, Favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that's not work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, tomorrow we will be discussing Cosmos Possible Worlds Episode 3. Talk to you then.